a half on Pericles getting closer, Obam Buramayas charging home, it's Golden Mile, Pericles, Obam Buramay, the Japanese stallion bomb them, Obam Buramay, my goodness. Welcome to Bet Doctor Behind the Curtain, look at how profiters operate, I'm your host Scoot, on the quick backup, have you slept Johnny Walter? I've had like three hours I think, three, three hours, yeah, I don't know, I looked at the clock with and the kids were still up at 2 o'clock. I'm like sitting there mucking around with things at 2 in the morning with Beck and we roll upstairs and they're just sitting there on the iPads. I'm like, oh, what's going on here? We <laughs> just totally par- forgot about them. So bad, it's going to be a long day today. Bad parenting there. Big uh, day for you yesterday. There was just winners galore, osmosis. Timmy was on fire uh, just start to finish. And then uh, JP salutes with uh, a bum a right? Yeah. I think it's the Obama Samurai. Yeah. It was one of those, yeah, it was nearly a worthy cause day, but um, – it was weird. It was one of those days where you weren't really super confident about everything, though, and then just everything sort of fell. Buddy, Mars Mission Sweet Mercy, Obama Samurai Kai, that um, Amazonian Lass, and Osmosis was a, a great example of. I think I loaded everything into it at five dollars four weeks ago, and it what well, it goes around twenty one dollars and, and pisses up, and a, and a great example of of the difference like preparing for one race did there compared to what the others sort of. Um, you know, at different grand finals and tried to come back and win this and Osmosis had one thing in mind and, and Bjorn nailed it and didn't he nail them in the in the media coming out up. and say they're all all wombats yep. uh, dismissing the horse when when he said he had it on some all the way. So all credit to the big fella. Too good. And then uh, no compromise and now uh, Skylab, absolute sickness there. It feels like we nailed that race as well, but uh, copped it up the clacker. Boys in Melbourne, how have you uh, pulled up on the quick backup, DK? Oh, yeah, bailed out a Mahogany room about twelve thirty. Oh. Scoot and oh. upright and early to get a look at uh, get to the final uh, work done in the Melbourne Cup. And no, it was good. Got me out of there because I've got to get home. Got work to do. Got birdie in the morning. So um, good. Did me a favour. There we you, Nico. Nico, a bit lame. Well, I wasn't travelling last night. <laughs> I was off the bit completely. But I've I've woke up this morning feeling all right. Um, went out with the boys to Korean barbecue. I don't think that served me too well, but uh, I think I'm uh, through the other side of it and uh, ready to rip into. Three more days at Flemington, which should be fun. Is that legit Korean barbecue or is, is that dinner? Yeah. Yeah, good. Um, they say the great man Bjorn did the smoke bomb and, and jumped on a plane before the celebrations began. I was like, that could be the Pro- greatest play of the carnival. <laughs> probably probably a good thing. He can wind up. He's one of the best uh, at it. Uh, quickly, uh, Riff Rocket and Apulia. That was a uh, great finish. And um, J-Mac just sort of found a way. It was Riding on the wall early, wasn't it, Nico, with uh, Riff Rocket just smoking the pipe in mid-race? Yeah, it was a pretty easy watch, really, I thought. We got to the right part of the track. Um, thought he improved a lot in the yard from his Norman Robinson run. So I think they did back off him going into that, and then he was cherry right there on Saturday. I think we're probably a little bit lucky to win. I think if Apulia gets our run, he beats us, but that's uh, that's the, that's the uh, that's the game, isn't it, sometimes, DK? You just yeah. have the luck on your side and... We had it there, luckily. Pimple, pimple results by J Mac. The, the, the Hayes boys are copped in the two big group ones two weeks in a row. He's mm, now he's so I'm, strong in a finish, isn't he? Just throwing everything yeah. at him over the line. So, did you see the photo? Yeah, be a bit that, sick. I don't know who put it up. The, yeah. They're nearly identical. Yeah, the two photos where he's fully extended over the horse's neck and um, the, the second horse is sort of looking a bit lazy in comparison. It's uh, it's it's not it wouldn't be great for them to watch, but it's a great example of what J Mac does on them late. Mm, really interesting, uh, big lessons, I guess, for a few people and punters out there is uh, grand finals. And I guess Osmosis was sort of the, the fresher horse on the scene. Shinzu went well. Cylinder probably had an end of prep run. 
but it's just caused a little bit of chaos, this new Everest, and now all these traditional golden roses, the Everest, Coolmore. Well, it's really difficult to try and race, stallion race, which is, is worth a- 10, 20 million to them, you know, potentially if it <laughs> wins, and, and this race is big enough to, to cause carnage there. Even Kovalika, like, mm. you know, he could have probably been competitive in a Cox Plate Caulfield Cup, and, and he's racing third, fourth up in a 1,500-metre race, which is, you know, pretty crazy around Rose Hill, so shows what money does. Must be blowing Chris Waller's head off because he used to be the king of it. I think he's just—I know he had Riff Rocket, but he'd be probably thinking he's um, having a below. Well, Riff Rocket was the opposite, wasn't it? Like as Nico yeah. said, he's probably back Perfect. off it, just chasing Perfect. one race. Whereas you've got you know Tom Kitten that was the the horse up in Sydney that you know they chose not to go one extra because it's not worth it to them, you know, to, as a stallion. So it's 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 crazy what money is doing to uh, our racing, but you know you have got to take it into account now. Gee, uh, JP uh, stole the show. It was pretty. Pretty easy watch, perfect tactics. Uh, the fence was on fire, and then the Japanese horse just poked his head through. And yeah, the uh... yeah. Anyone who wants to see the real Josh, there's a there's a there's an interview there with Emma Friedman that you'll find pretty easily on Twitter, and and it shows you know how tough he's probably been doing it mentally, physically lately, and and the difference one horse can make, and hopefully he can bounce back, spring off it. Yeah, like acted God that he got the ride, to be honest, mm. and um, you know Taki coming out. When basically no one else had a ride, he was booked for Williamsburg for Gerald Ryan. Wow! The um, Aquas decided to go to the last race in Melbourne instead, which really took them by surprise, rather than the the Golden Eagle. And um, and you know the, the opportunity comes up and he takes it with both hands. So hopefully he springboards off that and and everyone can see. It's weird when I was managing him, it was easy to get him rides in Group Ones than it was in Maidens at Gosford, mm. and for who knows why, you know. So hopefully, uh, yeah, a few people start to take notice. Someone else on the bounce back is uh, Jay Spa, Mr. Mojo rising for Azza on uh, Friday night. And then uh, she lifted Spacewalk and then uh, caused concern, just uh, burst through in a pretty uh, messy race. But Jay Carr, back, Nico. Yeah, I don't know if she's fully back, but she uh, she probably had that right run for Spacewalk. She talked about it in the post-race interview where he just hit the lead at the right time for him. He's only got a short, sharp turn of foot, she was saying, and he only had to catch um, Naheem Sahail, who went out. Looked like pretty fast and uh, probably was a good ride in the end by Zach Spain. He nearly <coughs> pitched it. And then Declan Bates did it later on in the day. It was a day where the leaders, they had a good day out. Um, so it'd be interesting. Particularly on the circle races. If the track evens up a bit um, for Tuesday, but you'd think it probably will, hopefully. So, um, yeah, I think it's probably a good thing if she starts to hit a bit of form because she's well, she's on a lot of horses in the market. So. Well, what, what I, I, I meant to say on the Thursday show and I didn't get around to, I'll say it now, is that despite us punters thinking she's out of form and not really wanting to be on her particularly short in the market, the stables have all stuck with her, which, fair enough, that's good. That's loyalty, and she's probably done rode a lot of winners over the last few years and whatever happened, but they've stuck with her. She's still getting good rides on good chance in the market despite not not firing that much. So when that happens, it's probably a matter of time until she turns it around. Just goes to show, yeah, the uh, what is it? The the margin between the penthouse and the, the shithouse, as Peter Moody says, is very minute. So... It's uh, just like your own punning. On probably Wednesday at 3 o'clock, I felt pretty average. But uh, when Declan Bates sort of lifted dashing and then after yesterday, I feel like I'm, I'm sort of back back in the ring and ready to go another 12 rounds. So it, uh, you just got to hang in there and um, stay disciplined and um, keep your staking, keep your head down and working hard. And that's what Jamie Carr's obviously doing. It's going to be a cracking show. We've got a couple of best bets for uh, Cup Day. And then uh, we're going to do runner by runner. Uh, I don't have any big, uh, big, big bets at Top Sport just yet, but uh, hopefully mid-show they can um, zip through. And I can put them up, but uh, they're betting best of the best on all the Group 1 races. So uh, you can take the price at the time, and if it drifts, um, you'll get uh, on to win more there. So uh, make sure you get the uh, 
the best of the best. They'll, they'll bet you to win 5000 and then uh, hopefully you get a bit of a drift and get a better price. So they're opening up the shoulders, so make sure you get an account at Top Sport. Yeah, they're critical at this time of year if you want to get down for a bigger bet. All right, let's uh, have a look at a couple of these uh, best bets for Tuesday. I think they're going to run a little bit straighter. Well, they just have to, I think, for uh, us punters. But um, the first one we're going to have a look is one of yours, Nico. It's uh, Flemington Race 3 in the uh, the Top Sport Trophy, 1,800 metres. It's Aztec State, and it's $2.40 against Warmonger, 360 Queen of Dragons, $5. Natural uh, deduction is $12. And then Bonotto, 13 Big Swan, 18 uh, Let's have a look at the replay of Aztec State here. Yeah, he's in behind them in the Yulon colours here. Seam out, um, top pick on the mounting yard. Uh, male, we backed him. Thought he was a terrific type. I think he's a half-brother Fiorante, someone was telling me. So um, this was just a car crash. Didn't get out at the right time. Fast run race, actually rated quite well. Horse that probably doesn't have a great turn of foot, but he is getting to 1,800 metres. His maiden win was uh, pretty impressive, beating Roll on High, coming out and bolted in at Packenham. And I think with even luck, he probably would have won that race. Um, so yeah, pretty much just following up our money. No real prizes for finding him at two forty. Like he's, he looks one of the the locks on the day, I suppose. But I'm um, just happy to follow up our money after last start getting to Flemington. I think it'd be a big tick for him in eight hundred. Also a big tick. So he probably looked the one that was um, hardest to beat on the card. I thought mm. he he was taking on Mojave Desert, who's rock hard, fitting pretty deep into his prep. So at start number two, just screamed to me that uh, big track Flemington eighteen hundred was probably the exact notes that I put in my black book. So. I think uh, it's a safe way uh, to get the ball rolling. So uh, there'll be plenty of action for that horse, Nico. Let's move straight along to uh, Randwick race number three. That's a 1,000 metre race. So, uh, Johnny, you're in the chair here. Big weather watch. There's a bit of rain last night in uh, Sydney. And I think there's it's, it's pretty uh, it's a pretty big spread, 2 to 20 mil forecast uh, tomorrow. So there's a bit of rain around. But um, yeah, so I... Two's hard fence on fire, 20's outside fence <laughs> should be perfect to try and so it's great. prepare for. Let's try and uh, get an early winner. But I own a Merck's favourite here, uh, Carly Electric Source, I think, uh, $1.80. Uh, Dehorn Unicorn for 60 ma- uh, maximum output, $6, quick tempo, 7 Acapella Sun, $10, no statement, 21 41 big day out, and uh, much, much better the rest. going to have a look at uh, the last start replay of Acapella Sun. It's in the black with the red cap and yellow sleeves. So, yeah, it's an interesting sort of angle to this race because anyone who sort of follows here, probably Iona Merck's my pin-up horse with Osmosis, the two Derby Bjorn horses. And, uh, yeah, this is sort of coming down the outside. I think Bjorn used to have this horse, actually, to be honest, and, and it was ridden for speed and uh, it was a bit found wanting late a lot. And then Matthew Dahl's got this horse worked out that sort of being ridden quiet is is the key to it. Um what I love about this day in general is that uh, old school trainers set their horses for this day. It's a day that, you know, really for the, for those people who can get it right, and Matthew Dale for me is, is one of those trainers that loves to, to set horses up for particular targets. No trial here, 1,000 metres, wide draw, everything absolutely has fallen in his lap. He's got sort of three leaders drawn underneath Iona Merck. You've got a three-kilo claimer on Iona Merck riding on a big day at Randwick for – She's ridden a winner in town uh, a couple of weeks ago, but this is a bit different. I'm not saying it can't win, but it's got a, it's got a few things against it. Dehorn Unicorn, hard to say. No statement. Hopefully, kick up under it. And uh, uh, Acapella Sun will be just out the back on the back of Iona Merck, quick tempo and letting rip late. I, I'd imagine it's going to run really well. Just each way, sort of all day, pretty much. Just uh, hoping that the quicker they go, the quicker this horse will be getting over them late. And, yeah, ten to one. I think Matthew Dale will be horned up. Beautiful. <clears throat> That's what we like. And, uh, yeah, it picks my interest that uh, Johnny's taken on a couple of those horses. As he mentioned, looks like a uh, really strong form race. 
Uh, I like a uh, like one here, little black booker that I, I saw first up. So we're going to go stay with uh, Randwick Race Eight. Uh, top of the market here over 1100 meters is Dashing Legend 370, Insurrection 420, Dragonstone 650, Recommendation $8, uh, hard to say $10, Malkovic 16, Bacchanalia $16, and the horse I like's way out there at uh, $41 with uh, Shelby 66 also uh, at the $41 quote. But the horse I like is uh, Curran here. This is a uh, looks like a hot race with Insurrection and Dashing Legend, but uh, the horse Curran with the blue and the yellow sleeves is just sort of mustering in behind them on the outside there with the uh, the white star and snip. And horses up the front here are Asfura, Uncommon James, who have got uh, all the Imperatriz form lines. Chain of Lightning went okay. She got a bit lost there up the straight, I would have thought, yesterday. She was pretty heavily backed, and I think uh, Walt found her as well. But um, just really love the last sort of 200 metres of Curran. And to me, on a day that was um, pretty tough to sort of make up ground when you're sort of wide, this horse... Uh, Looks really perfectly placed back to a benchmark uh, 100. Can't believe they've put up 40s. Uh, no moral, but it's just uh, a horse that you have to have something on at uh, $41 and sort of $9.50 or $7.50 the place. That's sort of group one, group two form, um, and a couple of these horses might be vulnerable despite uh, you know insurrection, showing a fair bit of ability, uh, dashing legend, but they're sort of like four $4.370. And the other thing about this uh, horse, Curran, he's an absolute bomb second up horse and he doesn't mind the sting out as well. So if Curran wins, uh, wind down your window because uh, I've, I've had a big day on, on Tuesday. Any thoughts on that Very race? competitive race and, and they're going to go quick. So it definitely suits a sort of if, if I'm looking at it when I'm going to go wide in a race, even obviously the horse has got the best form, it doesn't make any difference. But a, a race like this is perfect, you know, a, a mix of horses first up. Uh, speed horses fresh too, so they could overdo it really easily. Uh, Insurrection and Malkovich in the race, like it, it just looks like they're going to go nuts, and that and that should you know really weaken a few of them up front. And yeah, forty to one each way. I'm definitely definitely. <laughs> I can see what you can see. Just the price is just wrong. Ten dollars a place. Mm. So. Price went last. I can see this horse starting half that, or even <clears throat> even like a fifteen dollar chance. Just a great setup, and Maddie Cartwright's followed it up. So. Um, no worries, wet track, and some of its uh, second up runs are just off the chart. So, uh, fingers crossed, it can uh, get on the float and, and get up there pretty safely. Because uh, I can't wait for it to be forties to tens and then scratch. That's going to be awesome. We'll run be in a bloody token wall on Thursday or somewhere where DK's <laughs> got it ready for a some sort of crazy race. Anyway, <clears throat> all right. There's uh, there's three bets to sort of kick your day off on. Uh, on Tuesday, and there'll be more to come via uh, Nico's Mounting Yard Mail Service, and then RacingWatch.com for Walt stuff. And then, if you want uh, mine, Walt, uh, sorry, mine, Donnie, and uh, Nico's uh, Black Bookers, that's in the Little Birdie Syndicate. So we had a bit of a day out yesterday with uh, Bummer Bure and uh, Sweet Mercy was another good one at nineteen dollars. So a lot of people got uh, sausage rolled yesterday, but uh, good day for Walt, good day for me, and. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a massive, massive week, and uh, we've already thrown a couple of bets through for uh, for Tuesday meeting. So jump on board if uh, you need some help there. Time to uh, get into the uh, the main course, the Melbourne Cup. Won't probably uh, do a market straight off the bat, but I will um, I will read out the odds sort of as we go. And uh, the top weight here is uh, Gold Trip, and we'll just run a couple of replays across uh, a few of the runners, but uh, we'll only sh- show the key lead-ups sort of once. So... Number one in the market is uh, Gold Trip. Uh, Ma Eustace, James McDonald, $5.50 out from four sixty at Top Sport. Its uh, last lead-up run is the Cox Plate. Let's have a look at uh, it hitting the line here. 
Maybe uh, one for uh, for you, Nico. Yeah, I thought he's looked outstanding all this campaign, sort of from a yard point of view. I think they've got the horse in perfect order. Even hearing Kung Ma sort of speak about him on uh, RSN earlier this week, he said the the horse just bounced through this <clears> run so well. He said he knew he had a run after the Caulfield Cup, but um, he, he reckons he's absolutely flying as well. So he's fastest last 200 this race. This is obviously the probably the premier race of the spring, really. He gets to 3,200 metres. I, I think the only knock is probably the weight, 58 and a half. Like it's... It's rarely seen, is it, DK? He's got to win back-to-back, which is also rarely seen. Like, history's probably against him, but I don't think you can knock how he's going. No, well, I mean, he's, I think, I, I mean, to come off the body, backed up off off that Caulfield Cup into that Cox Plate, and as I, when I grew up and everything like that, the best run, if you ran well in the like that in a Cox Plate, that's the best form going into a Melbourne Cup. Now, it's changed a bit now with the imports and things like that, but that that's still going to hold him in very good stead. Um, but I, and the other thing is the a firmish. I know his feet are better and stuff like that, but he still likes the sting out, you know. And he won last year on the on the soft ground, so it's, I it's think a, just the sting out takes other horses more out of the race and brings him more into play. Like we've seen this spring, he's been very good on good. Like that was a good yeah. three last start, but yeah. that pro, that's probably his advantage on the wet, isn't it? Like yeah. it just takes the others out of play a bit, and he comes into his own. Yeah, so. and it's I think it's a stronger. Addition this year, yeah. So stronger addition. He's got to carry the carry the weight, and but he's in a in a rich vein of form. It's hard to say not running well, but um, yeah. So he's in. He's he's definitely in the mix. Good. Mm. I can't add, add much, but I it's burnt into my brain that we did this show twelve months ago. He was eleven dollars when we talked about him, and then he blew out to what is it twenty or thirty? I think it was thirty to one. You could have got. So I think bookies have got his their foot on him now. If you liked, if you want to back him, I think you can back him best of the best, and you'll get a much better price. They'll take him on. Well, yeah, I, I think the, the key to this horse, which I think he's going better, is that his last year he was coming out of slow run races <laughs> leading into this race, and obviously got a little bit different conditions come race day. But this year he's gone fast run Turnbull run out of his skin, fast run Caulfield Cup run really well. I think he ran out of his skin better than he did last year to, to get beaten, finished a place further back, but it doesn't matter. And then I think he went better again in this. Or, uh, Cox Plate. So I think he's definitely going better and he's definitely better prepared for 3,200 metres this year coming out of those fast run races. I don't think he was well set up for the Cox Plate. So his run there was incredible, uh, even though, you know, a bit of fast tempo may have helped him. But um, yeah, same sort of issues. Firm ground in or there, I think the feet have sort of sorted that out. I think that's sort of uh, the soft ground was more important when his feet were not in a happy place. Yeah, the weight, an extra kilo. I'm not, I'm not too concerned about that, but I am concerned that this this year may be a, a little bit stronger overall. So, yeah, I, I think I'm like Scott. I think he probably gets around ten dollars. That's probably more about where his his betting window would be for me, just because I think there's a few in this race that are a, a little bit more uh, strength to them than last year. Hmm. All right, number two was uh, Alan Kerr for uh, Damien Oliver and Mike Maroney. It's been eighties into uh, sixty seven dollars here, so. If you dig back into his European form, he's beaten eight in an arc to Triomphe and uh, he had a pretty quiet uh, autumn with uh, just one run at uh, All-Star Mile and the Queen Elizabeth and he's uh, had a pretty traditional lead up Underwood, Caulfield Stakes, Mooney Valley uh, Gold Cup. Sneaky Maroney go here, Nico. It's probably the narrative horse, isn't he, with Ollie mm. in the saddle. It'd be, uh, be great to see him win another cup and, gee, it was good to see him yesterday. Punch home a few winners. This, this horse was a bit of a sneaky run in the Mooney Valley Cup. Like he did come home um, quickest last 200 and for the two, he's 11th fastest in a 14-horse field. So he really picked up, you know, once he found clear air. 
it wouldn't shock me at all if he's um, somewhere in the top 10. Uh, I think he's ticking over nicely from a yard point of view. He's definitely come back better this preparation. He just looks a bit um, just like like how he's racing. He just looks a bit better. So um, he wouldn't he wouldn't shock me if he's thereabouts, but um, he probably needs to find a little bit to win. Yeah, I've got little concerns. I don't know if he's looking for a, a very a strong 3,200. I think he's better in the mile and a half, 2,000 metre area, but he was. It's hard, you know, watching that Mooney Valley Cup, which you're going to give, you know, so it's going to be, the form's going to be all right out of that, so, um, as a lead-up, so, um, yeah, not not total surprise, but um, got to take some on and love, love, love for it, Rolly. I mean, how good would that be, the GOAT, finishing on a high, but, um, no, query, query had a strong 32 for me, Scoot. Yeah, I had a good look at that Mooney Valley Cup, and every time you watch the replay, nearly every one of them was an enormous run, whether they yeah, sat wide right. and went huge, or whether, you know, Alan Kerr, was big from the back, looked good. True Marvel ran alongside it. That's got to be a worry. Bowen de Clare set three wide. Future Hittry set four wide. And Cleveland won the race. Even Shiraz went okay. So what, are they all good chances in this race or they all got none? And I sort of went towards the second factor because, yeah, I just they were all just great. I mean, the track must have been just perfect because they all ran out of their skins. And I'm just going to say that, you know, like it might run into between 10th and 5th or something, most of those horses, because they're well set up. It's just... I think that it's a different level. 56 and a half might pull him up against some of those other ones that you've just mentioned. Number three is uh, without a fight, John Barry 16, Mark Zara, Anthony and Sam Freeman, $8 into six Let's uh, pull the replay up here and let's have a look at uh, that Caulfield Cup replay. It makes a really big sustained run and uh, West Wind Blows are sort of out uh, in front. And I did notice um, when I had another look at this, Mark Zara, um, he sort of uses him as a bit of a battering ram as well. and really just goes into a bit of a two-horse war with Gold Trip and sort of throws him off his line. And Has uh, he hit him too many times here? Well, yeah, he's probably, uh, <laughs> now that we've uh, had another look, and he just causes a fair bit of chaos. So he, he knocks over the break-up, Valiant King, and you can sort of see Solcom sort of rattling on. But um, he's put a bit of a gap on a lot of these horses, and uh, the one-kilo penalty compared to a lot of penalties or these half-kilos that they've sort of been throwing about um, seems like a pretty good deal, and I would have thought that... Uh, He's going to take uh, a lot of beating. He's got a big, uh, long, sustained run, and I'm going to have to say that he's uh, going to be really hard to beat, personally. Oh, like he's he's a good horse. Like he showed that last start, didn't he? I think he is probably up there with, you know, he's going to be one of our best, if not our best, you know, in the coming seasons. But I think that probably is my knock here, that he just might be a little bit brilliant for a Melbourne Cup. I'm predicting a very fast run race, sort of looking at the map. There's a few horses that have none that are going to want to be up there. Vorban's going to want to set a pretty good sort of early tempo. He's going to have to kick up from three. So I think this will be quite a fast run cup. Um, and I do have some question marks at him at a strong 32. I don't know he's won over 2,800, but it was overseas in a three and six horse field. This is a lot different. I suppose the caveat to that is he has been the quickest home in nearly all of his races in Australia. So And last start was a very fast run race, but... Just at the price, I do have a question mark at him in a strong 32, which I think this cup will be. He could be the best horse, um, but I'm I'm going to risk him on Saturday. I think he he is a question mark at a strong 32, and he was probably the one in the market I was thinking I probably couldn't take $6.50 about. No no doubting his class. If he comes out and beats me, he beats me, but I think a, a real strong 32 is a, is a worry. Wow. DK? Yeah, I was with him like Fulis in the Caulfield Cup, and they, they were in the right spot there. Those horses, those three places who are in the sort of where you want to be in a fast run race, that sort of sweet spot. Um, he was in. He had a vetting. He had a vetting issue prior to that Caulfield Cup, if you remember. 
Mm. And then he's come out, and that was a there was no hiding in that race. <clears throat> um, I'd have a I'd, I'd just don't know how if he had some little issues leading into that, and then he had that. I you know I'm just not I've got a little query over that that, that it was really brutal, and he was or, or he might have been feeling something. So um, yeah, so I've got to, again at, at his price point in the market, and probably like to see him drawn a bit better. Um, close, you know, closer to Vilburn. So I've got a little, I've got some queries as well over him, Scoot, at the price. Let's go head to head. This is good. Um, yeah, I, I think he, if the if the internet, if the added herbs and spices weren't in this race, he'd be unbeatable. Um, oh yeah, his run there was incredible. From all reports, he's absolutely thrived and kicked through that. The the, the replay, I think anyone watching it at home, you want to watch around the bend after the race. He's sort of running away from him. Zara's carrying on, and he's still powering away from him. He's not the same horse that showed up in this race 12 months ago. I'd just be completely forgetting that runner's any sort of guide to this race and just watch his four runs for, for the Freedmans where he's just sat back and gapped them. You know, the two runs in Eagle Farm over the winter are pretty much irrelevant, but they were arrogant. His first up run was a complete barrier trial, and then first day that he's he's been put into the race was there. And, you know, he didn't... Uh, he didn't show sort of a flashy turn of forty. Got in a dogfight with a horse like West Wind Blows, who was an incredible run the start prior, and yeah, and he and he ran away from Gold Trip there. So yeah, it's pretty hard for me to to go away from him. From our locals, I think he's just far and away. As long as he has any sort of luck in run, he can pretty much settle anywhere, and he'll be running on. I'd be very surprised if he's not in the in the finish. I, I sort of had another good look at this horse, and my biggest worry was that he he may not settle and. He might sort of do like a so you think and get on the chewy and not really get the 3,200 out. And I went back through his Caulfield Cup run and he actually t- switched off better than I thought. And I think maybe he was just a little bit too fresh and got keen, but I just love the way he sustained his uh, big run. And like looking at him versus a Sulcum, I I think he can just hot, like maintain a bigger sprint and he's just got more dash and more sort of X factor this horse without a fight. I think he's just more brilliant and a better credential than if you go back deeper into his form, even last uh, year's Melbourne Cup, this used to be a horse that sort of sat in the, the front half of the field. They've taught this horse how to relax. He's a completely different animal this time around, and it's amazing what they've done, given they keep him fresh and they can still get him to relax. So I've I've got him top pick, and I think he's going to be uh, hard, very, very hard to beat, and I think he's the, the biggest danger to, um, to Vorben easily, I think. Um, yeah, I'm sort of Team Walt, so I think it's going to be. Uh, I think the, Walt the, the fast versus- track. He, he's one of the biggest beneficiaries of a of a good firm surface too, and which allows him to sort of settle a little bit further back than he possibly could if it was a wet track, or and that would you know test his stamina as well. So I think he's the biggest beneficiary of what looks like it's going to be a, a firm deck. Mm. The other horse that uh, could be is number four, and that's Breakup, uh, Kohai Matsuyama, and- Kadeki's brother. Yep. Yep. And so $19 into $18, and Damian Lane uh, was never going to take the ride, so he was the one that uh, gave him the, uh, the the pipe opener. And I think this is a breakup in the uh, the Tenno show, and I think he's just uh, running into fourth here. Number, number 12, that's yeah, him, yeah. number 12, and he's just a real grinding type, and he's definitely going to be another one who... That's put- Justin Palace in front, though, who's one of their, like, serious top-grade horses, so... Yeah, well, he just ran second at Equinox yeah. in the Tenno Show Spring. Whatever they call so, it, yeah. Yeah, and then he's in the Takarakaruka. He's run third to him. Is there well there? So he's, yeah, I agree. He's there. Nico? Yeah, I went, I went deep dive into this horse for him. I had him second pick in the Caulfield Cup from the yard because I was very taken by him. He started $10 there. 
And I think he just showed he has no turn of foot in that race. Yeah. Like they went hard. He was up there on speed. He was probably one of the only real on speed runners to stick on. Copped a bit of interference in the straight, just like we saw. He won two on the bounce and he went into R.A. McKinnon and ran last. But I went back and watched that replay and sort of um, did a bit of digging. He got galloped on in the run, which wasn't shown at all. So I think you forgive that run at, um, where he ran last there. Then he ran and ran third to Justin Palace to run after. Um, then he was in that Tenno show there. He ran fourth. Then the first up run was behind Equinox, where he's only beaten seven lengths um, over 2,200 metres. And we saw there he was coming again at the end of 32. Then starts $10 in the Caulfield Cup. Um, really impressed by him in the yard. I think he'll improve a little bit out of that. If this is a brutal run, 3,200 metres, and you need the best stayer, I think he is the best stayer. He's going to love a firm track. I got him fourth well, pick. I, I think he's a good chance. I think he might, you know, he can take it up. I mean, that might be his chance, rolling and making it a test. You Taking know? off early, maybe. Well, he's got, he's, he's, what he is, he's, he's stout, isn't he? He's, he's just got a, his stamina. And that has to be the best staying form, like that 3,200-meter Japan form. No, like, that's elite. There's no hiding in those races over there. No. no he's coming again later. <laughs> there's no, no I, I, I could see him rolling forward, pressing on and, and making it a good test. That might, might be his best chance for mine. Yeah, I uh, I had a good look too, and, and he's running that Teddy show. He had the best run you've ever seen, but it doesn't matter. That that form, as you say, is just clearly superior to anything that uh, shows up here. And he said, like, these horses are set for these races, like uh, Vorban, and he's, you know, they put them through hurdles and things with group one hurdles. We're talking group one hurdles versus Teno shows. Like, Justin Palace would dead set be thirty in this race. Uh, Equinox would be probably 94 cents. You know, you'd lose six cents if you won the race. So, um yeah, I, I agree completely. My my worry is if Hideki Matsuyama gets lost, um, you know, he's he's probably looking for Royal Melbourne. <laughs> and if if Josh was on this, and I'm, you know, it's a joke. If if they had a thrown Damien Lane, Josh, anyone, one of those top Australian riders, and you gave them the tactics that the boys have just talked about, just to roll forward and try and find a spot in the first five or six, yeah, I can't see this horse not being in the finish. It's just whether he gets completely lost from that gate or they try and ride him. In a, in a strange fashion because, as you said, like the boys have said, he's, he's just got great 3,200-metre form. He went back and, and got beaten seven by Equinox in the run after that, and he was ridden up on speed, you know, in a shorter trip. So he can definitely do it. Um, and his run the other day, I agree, was he, he definitely peaked. He, he was had a good run, but he was just behind a fast speed. He was like 120 days between runs, and he definitely peaked. And when he got squashed, you know, he just the he, he kept boxing on. And horses don't really do that mm. when they're tired and they get squashed. So that's a great sign that he's, you know, with a little bit of improvement and out into this distance, yeah, he's he's very dangerous. Mm. I think he'll uh, improve uh, greatly, and I do not want to lay this horse whatsoever. Very scary runner. Number five is Vorban. Uh, here's his uh, ass. Oh, sorry, I've jumped the gun here. It's going to be uh, Ryan Moore and uh, Willie Mullins, three dollars forty at uh, Top Sport, and here he is streeting away at uh, at Royal Ascot, uh, Nico. Yeah, it's a big win, but gee, going back and watching this race, this was an absolute PR. The horse flying home along the fence is absurd, and then the one behind him in the red caps, um, more, more felons. felons. Yep. Like, they went so slow early, and then this was a great ride by Ryan Moore. He just took off when they started cornering. Absurd and more felons were out the back, had absolutely no chance to catch him. I think the beaten margin there of seven and a half lengths isn't a true reflection of the race. Wow, fake um, news. Well, he's obviously got a lot of talent, this horse, and um, it's a very different landscape over there, isn't it? Because the big money races are the jumps races. That's why he went jumping. It's not like he's, it's not like here where you go jump. Well, there is a hurdle winner in this race, true Marvel, yeah. but, you know, you go jumping at the end of your career. So, you know, you take in that run, 
I do think he had a lot in his favor and Absurd should have finished a lot closer. Absurd started $6. He started $2. Now one's $3.30 and one's like $26. Um, that win in the Bally Rowan was good, but you can tie that in as well through Valiant King, who kind of had the run of the race in the Caulfield Cup and was well beaten. So um, he didn't absolutely flog Valiant King. He's only beaten sort of a length and a half. He probably has more up his sleeve. Yes, the work the other day was quite good. Um, he drops from 61 kilos down to 55. You get Ryan Moore. Like, there's a lot of ticks for him. He's obviously a horse with a big engine. I think a fast run race will suit him. Firm track will suit him. Um, seems like a bit of a high energy horse from the footage I saw. It's mm-hmm. interesting to see how he parades. But um, I just like, he's a key chance and I have him in the numbers. I don't want to risk him from like an exotic point of view, but I could not back him at $3.40. DK? <clears throat> I thought the icing on the cherry on top was the draw, the three, the, the, the draw three. He's going to have to work a bit from there, but. Yeah, that's all right. But he's 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 got the early toe. Yeah. Um. I last year I wanted to. I was I was yes because it was poison odds for different reasons. Um. I really wanted to take on the favourite, and that's my, my angle normally. Last year, Do- Dover Legend. Not even sure I put it in the numbers. Um. This this guy with different kettle of fish, and more particularly because it's it's trained by Willie Mullins. So he, he, like you know he he's just a freak of the sport. Um. He's probably always always wanted to win this race. They bought this horse. With the sole intention of this race in mind, um, I was listening to Rich Rich, and he said they put him over the these putting over the hurdles have been the making of him, you know. So put him over the hurdles, toughen him up, make him a horse. He does seem pretty tough. Yeah, like that. That does seem a, an attribute he has. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, <clears throat> I just thought you know, over fifty five, it's going to get the per- perfect run. Um, but some more the the respect I for Willie Mullins, he's been out here before. He knows what it takes. Um, I yeah, I found, I, find, I found it hard to um. I mean, I really do want to look around him, but uh, I found it very difficult too. Yeah, I'm echoing DK to a certain degree there, absolutely. Like, uh, there's so much respect for Willie Mullins, the way he does things, the setup for this horse, and and everything they've done. I think uh, the, the strapper or the, the stable hand came out and said, uh, 18 months or two years, this has been in the making. And you can see just through his preps, like, he, he raced through, you know, the novice hurdle stages. He was really dominant early, and I think they're juvenile hurdles, whatever they call them. Then he was tested at the top level of hurdles, and as funny as that sounds, it is still high-level stayers. Uh, when you're talking UK hurdles, it's big money and and um, and quality horses. So he's then been sort of backed off, given an, an absolute easy kill. I think I read somewhere that he was the shortest price handicap winner in 100 years in at Ascot in that race. So he was, he was expected to win. He was given every chance, and, and he was dominant. And I, I think, you know, Ryan Moore jumping on him there was a good sign probably as a, as a barrier trial for him to see whether he'd come out and ride him. Obviously, did enough there to, to show that uh, it was worth Ryan coming out. And then that, that last start at NASA or whatever, the Bally Rome was, I think, pretty much a barrier trial. Uh, you know, six. Exactly. He's, yeah, there, there's literally no depth to his form, but that's because they've dodged all the, the any race that would, you know, hurt his handicapping. So he's the best set up international horse I've seen for a long time that's clearly targeted the race and, and got here, you know, looks in perfect order. that gallop that everyone circle jerked over I think you know was justifiable as well he looked he looked great there and that's what we want to see when he comes here um we're going to dive in at three dollars thirty probably you know it's a the, the little queries are like um Nico said that Valiant King run you know, I I think he'll make a, a joke of that to be fair and I'm I'm taking the stable mates that finish behind him in that copper horse handicap very seriously here because I think they both run like especially absurd ran extremely well i agree with nico that he, he held his margin basically from about the 600 meter mark and if you go back and watch absurd he was pretty keen in the run back in an awkward spot whilst 
Orban was up on the speed uh, doing his thing, but he's just a horse that can accelerate to a certain degree and then extend off that, and he does look like he's got gear. So, you know, it's it's extremely hard to knock him. He's obviously extremely well found in the market, and like Nico said, there's not a, you know, it's not as if you're going to go and have your your life savings on it at three dollars in a Melbourne Cup, having you know to travel and, and do all these things. But it's it's extremely hard from my uh, spot to see him running poorly. So he's going to be there. It's just um, whether you're happy to take the price or not. Mm. Good luck to anyone on him at big odds, but uh, I, there's no way I could back, step into this horse at the current price, but uh, he's going to be uh, super hard to beat and can't really add any, anything more to the conversation. But uh, good luck to everyone holding uh, big big uh, tickets on this horse because, yeah, it sounds like there's some whoppers out there and just can't see bookies taking their foot off him. I think every man on the street has just seen that gallop last uh, Tuesday, the media trainer all over him, so... Uh, good luck getting a price about this horse, but yeah, just so exposed and um, yeah, can't back him. Number six is Sulcum. Joe Marrera goes on for Craig Williams. Uh, Chris Waller trains twelve dollars into ten. I think this horse is a beneficiary of the one of the best drawn horses. I think he can find the back of Gold Trip, and he needs sort of a suck and a magician ride to sort of beat these horses. And it's a funny one. I, I went looking through his tapes, and um, you know, everyone started to talk about his barriers and he sort of tiptoed out of the gates in the Caulfield Cup but he's been doing this forever this horse it's not a new thing for Solcombe um he just needs to find the bum of gold trip and then hopefully uh he can just sprint sprint past gold trip uh in the home straight but uh that's what the magic man should be doing if I was uh giving him instructions Nico yeah third pick I think he's in this race with a great chance Chris Waller made a great point read the blinkers they said they think he's not anticipating the jump because he can't see the other horses around him and then he jumps when he sees them in front of him. So they've taken them off. Synthetic hoof filler comes off, so his feet are obviously better than what they were last start. This horse, I think, is the best-placed Australian because he's beat the handicapper. He's ran well in all the good races, but he hasn't copped a weight. Gets Marrero, who's an absolute freak staying rider. He's like the best balance rider you'll see. It's a gun that just... He's just a gun at everything. So I think you'll get him out of the gates. He'll run 3,200 metres. He's a proper stayer. Uh, yeah, I could mark him shorter than $10. I know the barrier beginning is a bit of a question mark, but if it's if it's the 3,200 metres is probably when it's least relevant because he can if he does miss it, he can tack on early. So, yeah, I think he's a great no, I, chance. I Solcom. completely agree. Second pick for mine. I just ummed and ahed so much about the barriers and then the blinkers off. And, I mean, and Waller, Waller's got guys in Melbourne like, Steve Arnold. Steve Ar- Arnold's his main track. He's, yeah, he's, main, he's main rider. His, Aaron Kuru. Yeah, this is That's right. So they're, and they're, they're elite horsemen, you know, trying to work this bloke out. Um, yeah, look, he's lead up his, you know, the West Wind Blows run, you know, coming at him on the line in the in the Turnbull, just what you want to see. Um, like you said, the weight, I agree with everything you say, Nico. I was just ummed and about him getting out of gates. And, but I think, um, yeah, no, I think he's, he sets up he sets up really well. Just as Scoot said, he just needs to get out of gates and find the, find the right spot in the run. Yeah, I think Nick, I think uh, Scoot hit it on the head. I think uh, he needs a suck, and I think Waller will have to suck off Marrera if he gets him to jump because <laughs> I think he's a billion to one to jump. And like you're talking about Vorban having to pick up to use his gate speed, and he's got gate speed and jumps every start. This horse, how the hell is he going to be, you know, not last? And how many horses win a Melbourne Cup from last and last defence as well? I agree, Marrera is the only reason. I'm entertaining this horse, and if he somehow does, and he will have to be the magic man to get this horse to jump, uh, the blink is on and off with this horse is absolute garbage. You watch him, he just doesn't jump. He just doesn't. So the only X factor is Marrera. If he somehow, you know, absolutely pulls a rabbit out of his hat and does have him anywhere near gold trip in the run, 
then he's a serious chance. If he's got a run on from last, he's got to be far lap, and I don't think he is. Um, yeah, like he, he, you see that he used up all that energy trying to get to the – he got on the back of without a fight and those horses in the Caulfield Cup. Ran out of carrots. And he ran out of carrots. So if he has to do the same thing over 3,200 metres, how's he going to do it? So that's my set on this horse. He, I, he's one of those horses like you, you might have a trifecta with him to win and then I might leave him out of everything else because if he does somehow jump, he could just piss in, but I just don't see it happening. So, yeah, good polarising opinions. Yeah. Racing the great game. I um I, I concur with everything that Walt says there. I uh, try and fall in love with this horse, but you see it just time and time again. They spend so many carrots to get to the race there. They've sort of run out of them. Number seven is absurd. Uh, Zach Purton for Willie Mullins, the stable mate. We've already sort of covered this runner. A couple of uh, interesting um, sort of forgive angles there. Uh, we're going to have a look at uh, his win in the Ebor, and that's him uh, out in front on the left of the screen in the light colours. Nico? Yeah, I think notably as well, more Fallons is in the green and um, white behind him with the, the red, red cap. cap. Yeah. He was held up by this horse in the blue cap just behind Absurd. I think he should have finished much closer, more Fallons, but Absurd kind of hit the front a long way out here. He was back from a hurdle race. Um, he just lacked a bit of dash. I think he had 60 and a half kilos there, but it was still not a bad win. Like he stuck on bravely. The second horse he beat, Sweet William, um, come out out of that race and ran second. Oh, ran yeah, second to Trushan in the Doncaster Cup, who's which is pretty good form. Um, and then, like we said, when we back went back to Ascot run, he just had absolutely none against Warbear. And he started six dollars. Hey, I think Frankie off to Zach is a big positive. Last time he met Warbear, they carried you know equal weights. Now he gets the weight swing off him, get, drops hugely in the weights from his last few runs, like sixty and a half down to fifty three. Gets the right run. I think he'll stay all day. I think that's probably this horse's key attribute, just um, that staying prowess he has. Real fast run race. He's got the right draw. Yeah, he's top pick for mine. I think he's way over the odds at $21. He'll be the best result for me in the race. Outstanding. Love the confidence. Yeah, no, with the, uh, if, you, if you're respecting Vorban, you've got to, I mean, if you really like Vorban, this is this form all ties in. Um, the only thing you hit this, so this guy was bored as a two jump, to, whereas. Vorban's been bought for the Melbourne Cup, and this guy he's he's actually gone well on the so they've all gone well on the flat, so they bring they bought him out. So, but I, the key there, I'm not uh, Zach Pert. I mean, he deserves to win a race like this. I think it's a, it's a great rider for him. He's going to give it every possible chance. Yeah, if you go back and watch that Ebor, I'm not up with those the 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 UK staying form certainly anywhere near as much as I'm here. But it's at three wide uh, on speed the whole way, and got to the outside fence. Whether that was an advantage or disadvantage. I'm not sure. Here, that would be an astronomical effort, and you, you definitely know he's going to stay. As I said, sort of 60 and a half there, drops to 53. Zach Purton, who is right up there with Joe Marrera, obviously, uh, on a world stage as a, as a great jockey. <laughs> There's just so much. There's so many positives this horse brings, and the one slight detraction is maybe more felons, the, sort of how close he finishes, but he showed up here with Equicast, and we'll get to him later. He, he runs well in a, a long cup. If I just sit put that out of my mind. His runs simply behind Vorban and then that run in the Ebor enough to have him, I think, the, clearly the best value runner in the race. I think he'll probably go close to halving his price come race time. Everyone will find Purton. Everyone will find this horse. And, uh, yeah, he, with him and the Japanese horse are, the, are clearly the two value runners at this stage while we're doing this uh, preview. It's amazing. He's a fast net rock. It's an impossible horse to lay this, especially with uh, Zach Purton jumping on. Perfect draw. Um, 
you just got absolute rocks in your head if you want to take this loss on, I would have thought. Uh, number eight is right you are, uh, John Allen, Kieran Ma. It's been 81 into 51. Won't show the replay here, but he was uh, one of the best on paces and just sort of stuck there uh, like glue. If you're talking uh, about horses like Breakup, he was sort of finishing uh, right there alongside him, if not uh, beating him. I think this horse is a massive chance to run a, a, a sneaky place or top five or a top 10. Uh, and this time in, he's just been clearly targeted uh, to these big feature races. So I think he's a, a definite one for the top 10 Snicko. I think he was targeted one race, and that was the Caulfield Cup, given he had the golden ticket um, from winning the Moynson Cup. Be a good story. He's damn like a ding run. I think she ran third to Maccabi Diva um, out of So You Think. So, um, or by So You Think, I should I say. remember so that horse. The- he was an absolute freak. He's, he's, he's got the Melbourne Cup lines there, doesn't he? But, um, yeah, I don't know if he'll be uh, he'll be emulating his um, stallion and mare of uh, running a place. I, I'm, I don't know if he'll run 3,200, to be honest. The query is that, but I think you've got to side that he will. I mean, he's just, a, I think I think you give him a chance. Um, but he, I won't spend too much time on him, but he's a top, I thought he was a top 10 chance. He's in pretty good form and um, he's he'd be, he'll be up there and uh, we'll probably like to have drawn better in a big race, but top 10 chance for mine. Well, yeah, he, he was the one that was closest to that brutal speed in the Caulfield Cup, hit the front and basically, you know, didn't look the winner, but it, it did look, he presented as the winner at one point and only beaten four lengths, so... Yeah, I, I think exactly as the boy says, he fits into a top 10 to top four to win the race. He needs some sort of historical peak that he hasn't shown uh, to, to date and he has to run the 3,200 out like no horse we've ever seen before, but he's definitely a top sort of 10, maybe goes in for fourth in, in uh, first, first fours, fours trying, to, trying to jam that, that little ruffy in to, to build you a bit of value. Mm, Got to respect the camp as well. Number nine is Val and Declare Billy Egan, Daddy O'Brien. This horse is flying. Uh, 34 into $21. The replay we're going to have a look at here is just the might and power run. Obviously, he's got a uh, Mooney Valley Cup run that we'll see when we preview the next horse, but brutal tempo, alligator blood. You've seen alligator blood in the Cox Plate. He went super, and this horse just sort of keeps whacking away. Dewey sneaking up along the fence, and, uh, gee, she wasn't she a good run in the Cox Plate, but um, uh, he's sort of winding back the clock. I don't know what Danny's doing, but um, he's won a Melbourne Cup. was a bit of an act of God, Craig Williams' uh, super steer. But um, couldn't be going any better, this horse. Uh, looks really well found now. I could see him similar to Right You Are, running a big race, but I just don't think he – I think he'll find one better. Nico? Yeah, he's a great narrative, isn't he, if he can win another Melbourne Cup. The Melbourne Cup he did win was a very slow run race, which I think you'll find a very opposite setup mm. here. But, um, yeah, like eight-year-old, he's a, he's a war horse. I don't think anyone could knock him. Love to see Billy. Like, Billy getting a ride in a cup's great. Like, he's a real tradesman. Getting down to 53 kilos, like, he'll be doing it tough. So – I hope it runs well for him. Um, I just can't see him winning. I thought he goes in. I think he's fine. He's arguably in career best form. This, I mean, it's, I thought, oh, wow, all we'll that run by an alligator blood. And then it was a mon- monster run in the Mooney Valley Cup, as well said. You ought to say, were they all good runs or was it is that form average? But the, I mean, Cox played the Cox Plate, the same carnival, same track. That was a bunch finish with lots of flashing lights and it rated all right. I'm just, I'm thinking those races just turned out all right for that carnival, even though the margins and that weren't there. So, um, I thought, uh, yeah, 21, it goes in all trifectas and first fours and everything for mine. Well, yeah, I, I agree with DK. I think he's in career best form, which is kind of funny to say. I, I thought he was an absolute billion to one in the in the uh, Melbourne Cup that he did win. But, um, yeah, it was a, a, a very weirdly run sort of 2,400-metre-esque, 3,200-metre race. And I think he's a different horse now. But, yeah, gate 19, Billy Egan, where's he going to get to? The thing is that the, he does bring that X factor to all of that form in the Mooney Valley Cup form because he brings in the weight for age form 
before that. So, you know, he's run alligator blood to two lengths. Obviously, that was very flattered considering the tempo and runs they had in the race, but he drops to 53. And, yeah, I, I think the big question mark, uh, same as Nico has said, is that him running a strong 3,200 in a real test is is the, the key. If he does it, you know, he's, he's another one that fits into that in the top four range, I think, but he's going to have to, you know, be the resurrection of how many. When did he win? Three years? How long ago? 2019. Yeah, he's got to beat a lot of history, hasn't he? Yeah. Number 10 is Cleveland, Michael D and Chris Lee. So we're going to see his last start, Mooney Valley Gold Cup win, and we've already spoken about this race. Uh, is Land Legend in this replay? Is he in this race? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mate, Land Legend yeah. might have started $10. I, I thought I wrote 20 yesterday. He might have started 10 The form all he, ties in. Right up there. Yeah, Brown Declare was good here. Arthur Baskin had no luck. Frank the form yesterday. Cleveland probably had the right run working into the race. I thought the run of the race was future history. Like he's an on pace that they went back um, and he did all the work to get into the race. I think this was a little bit, it was a bit of a bias track that night and they did sort of make ground in the staying race there. He's obviously pretty well in in this race. Like he's going very well. He's got a good platform, like having what, a 2300, 24, 26 and 2500 meter run coming into this. He'll be fit. He'll be somewhere in the finish. But I think the barriers really hurt his chances. Like he probably does like a little bit of the class. And he's probably got a bit of a tricky draw from out there. Wouldn't shock, but um, yeah, I think it's genuine thirties or fifties chance around that. Yeah, the draw, the draw, cruel did for me. I went look because that land legend from that archer, and I think things have been getting beaten ten links, fifteen links. That archer race, they're coming out and winning. So um, that that looks like it. You know, great base, and there's a few horses that form ties in with Calipore and whatnot in the race. But uh, so I would have thought he'd need a good draw, as J Mac gave him a really great ride to win the other day, to the other night. So. Um, from 23, yeah, no, uh, the, the draw culled it for me. Yeah, he, he won that race, but he might have been about the, the 22nd best run in the race. So, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah how, how do you uh, how do you line it up? I, I agree. I, I love the way this horse travels uh, and shows how well he's going. He sticks his head like literally nearly on the ground in the run. He, he watched his replay in that St. Ledger or whatever the race was when Land Legend absolutely destroyed him, and he, he was incredible the way he sort of travelled. He's, he's absolutely flying, but Mick D needs to pull off a – uh, a miracle from that draw to have him sort of run top four. Uh, you know, he's probably capable if he did that, but it's it's a big, big ask. Mm, not for me. Number 11 is Ashron, Kira McAvoy, and Ma and Eustace, $41 at Top Sport. Replay we're going to have a look at here is the Geelong Cup and a uh, really tricky day to sort of make significant ground. you got more felons uh, in the Pegan colours out wide, future history. Uh, went off the... Uh, well, it, Magical Lagoon in front. <clears throat> sorry, First Immortal went off favourite. Magical Lagoon, uh, Virtuous Circle just didn't find anything. Harry Dusty, that was enough for him. Yep. And, and real... there's the map right out the back falling out of the screen. Scooty's horse. Far oh, the, the turn of foot horse. Yeah, the turn of foot horse. <laughs> there is the last. Yeah. What do you make of the Ash Run form, Nico? Well, I thought he had probably the run of the race there and he couldn't win. So that's probably a slight knock, but he's going well. He's running the Bart Cummings was good. Um, he did start sort of 26 bucks in the, the last cup he ran in, which was only four runs ago, surprisingly. It was 1,047 days ago. Uh, he wouldn't shock. He's in the right stable. He's going the right way about it. Um, it's just probably a genuine 40s or 50s chance again, I would have thought. Yeah, okay. some form you've got to be around um, if you haven't an opinion. Um, so I'm a, that, that bunch finished the other more felons is the only one you really want to be taken out of that, in my opinion, that race. Uh, the bunch finished, the bunch nature of that. Um, I'm against, and uh, yeah, he'll stay the trip, but probably wanted wouldn't mind a bit of rain. So I thought this might be a better way tracker. 
Well, he, he's running the cup last year. He was actually quite good. He just he just set um he was soft 40, yeah. yeah, he was he was eight hundred and twelve lengths off him coming to the turn. Oh, that was three years ago, was it? Two thousand and twenty, is that right? And it's yeah. eleven hundred and one days since it last won. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I think it'll be whacking into say eight, seven, six, something like that. Next one is uh, number 12, uh, Daquan Sweet Jr., 101 into 81. Daniel Stackhouse for Philip Stokes. Going to have a look at its uh, last start, Herbert Power run. Uh, military Mission is the winner. Uh, the grey horse here, you got United Nations sort of pushing out, and uh, here he is just off the back of him in the uh, OTI colours. And there's an interesting runner. He just got miles out of his ground in, I think, uh, the Melbourne Cup, I think, last year, and he sort of flashed home even though he's got beaten seven. I think uh, they'll be trying to ride him a bit closer this time, and I think he's a sneaky one for sort of top tens and maybe a top five or something like that. But uh, lacks lacks a bit of class, but he'll definitely run the thirty two hundred. Nico, yeah, I think you could you could definitely make a case as top ten chance. Like at a hundred to one, you're probably going to get what three or four dollars for top ten. He ran six in the race last year. His last three thirty two hundred meter runs are winning the Adelaide Cup, third in the Sydney Cup, and sixth in the Melbourne Cup last year. You probably would like it wet, but if they go very fast, he'll just keep going. So. Yeah, I could I could make a case he's a you could back him top ten, I reckon. He's probably one of the value top ten runners. No, I'm around the Herbert Power. That's that is one form. I am dead set around the Herbert Power. Yeah, it's the one camel lead up, I agree. Um, of all of them. And the only bet I'd like to have is is that horse to beat home military mission, probably over the thirty two hundred. That's the only bet I could nice little head to head jobby. Maybe, yeah. I, I half liked him last year as a as a roughy for exotics and things, and he and he ran up to that and he probably does something similar, but yeah, he's coming out of the wrong race uh, for mine as well. I agree with DK. Akita Sushi is the next one. Uh, Dylan Gibbons, Joseph O'Brien, 101 into 81 at Top Sport. Uh, Caulfield Cup beating 10 links. Uh, I can't see him turning the tables, Nico. I thought he had the worst run in the Caulfield Cup. He was out the back. He had a bit of a gap between runs. Um, you look through the sectionals on punting form, 12 to 10, he's quickest of the race. 10 to 8, 12 fastest. 8 to 6, 4 fastest. 6 to 4, he's the quickest of the race. So, Probably the horse that's lacking a lot of class compared to the others, and he's working the hardest from the position he was in. Four to two, fifth fastest. So he's still thereabouts with these other horses sectionally. He's just given him way too big a head start. And then I think he just blew out that last yeah, 200 meters. Yeah, it's spilled that energy he spent. This is, I think this is the horse for top 10. This is a great roughie. I think he's the best roughie in the race. He's got the right form. He worked hard in the Caulfield Cup. He'll stay all day. Um, that's his, you know, his last wins at 3,200 meters or one of his last wins. And then you could go back. Um, to that race, which Vorben won at Ascot the year before, him and Cleveland crossed the line together. So you can definitely tie his form in to the Australian form, and he, he's running the right lead up. Uh, I couldn't believe he was 100 to 1. Um, I've already had something on him at hundreds, and I'll be uh, I'll be betting up top 10. I think this might be the best bet of the race, him top 10. Outstanding. Well, there you go, Nico. That's good. I, 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 I'd like a better draw. I thought he'd draw for – I thought he'd need a miracle from that from 20, but uh... – it was a well. He did. He was one of those horses who had spent all those carrots from back in the in the Caulfield Cup, and so um, that'll hold him in good stead, fitness wise. Yeah, I, I saw everything Nico did. As in, he squirted like a went like a rocket for probably four or five hundred meters, maybe a little bit longer from what Nico's saying there. But um, my worry is the jockey. Like it, the horse might run top ten, but the jockey might not. Fifty one and a half, <laughs> Dylan running thirty two hundred meters. He's going to need to put in some sort of extraordinary performance uh, to, to ride at that weight in this sort of event from this gate. So, yeah, I, I'd see him certainly like I can't knock a top 10, that's for sure. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, where he gets to from the, the draw. He's in a similar situation to, say, Sulcum, because a very similar sort of run where he was 
you know, a little bit of a hidden run, but then ran out of carrots. So how many is he going to have to sort of get there? Yeah, I'm certainly not. I'd probably mark him sort of around 25, 30 to one as a as a roughy exotics roughy, better than a few of the local chances. So I think that's probably similar to what Nico's saying as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be extraordinary to see that if you if Dylan Gibbons pulls this off, and I hope he does. I'm not knocking the rider. I'm just saying 51 and a half is a huge effort for him over 3,200 meters because he's going to be stretching his body to get to that limit. 14 is Shiraz Bo Merman, Bo Merton, sorry, and uh, Chris Waller 151 into. 101 comes through the Moody Valley Gold Cup. Nico? No, I can't win. It's got we run the trip, but uh again, need a miracle from the from the draw and not probably hasn't got the class. Well, another one of those Moody Valley runs. What is it? Um yeah, I, yeah, I'm happy to leave it out. Twenty two gate, gonna be set a task and have to run some sort of crazy career best now. Number fifteen is Le Stolker. Uh Mick Price has got this import. It's got uh, Craig Williams. Obviously, a very talented rider, $26. Let's have a look at its uh, pre-gladiator uh, performance. It's got tactical speed, this horse. Uh, you've missed the early stage of the race, but uh, it can push forward, take a position. Geez, they'd be spewing. they got uh, barrier 21, but uh, if breakup's going to go forward, maybe she can tag on his uh, back and just going to eat up the uh, 3,100, as you've sort of seen here. Can she run it fast enough, Nico? Yeah, that's probably the question, isn't it? That was 3,100 there. She's coming away from him. A lot of her wins, she hasn't won on a good track, so all her wins are on soft and heavy. Um, she's got a bit of talent. I know there's a few people tipping her that sort of say her rating stuck up, the form around her stacks up. Um, so, yeah, I, I found it very hard to line up. I think Barry 21's a little bit tricky. And just looking at her there, she looks pretty small, um, just doesn't have a big shoulder, no big hindquarter. I think she does look a bit like a wet track type. So given all her form is on that ground, that's probably a knock. Yeah, obviously listen to Mick Kent, uh, Mick, Mick, Kent, Mick Price uh, yesterday. So she, it'll roll forward. Yeah, I'd like I said, Scoot said, break up card at a cross. Um, I don't know. I think she's a bit of bit of X factor here. I, I thought know. she would be shorter, like yeah. off the media height. Like, I thought she'd be shorter. No, that was a good. Like that, 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 that right pre-gladiator or whatever. They like some, that's a good race. That, that good horses win that race. Over there, some has a history of, of quality stars winning it. Um, she has to roll forward. I, you know, like I said, definitely a top 10 chance for mine. Um, yeah, I'll be, I wouldn't be surprised to see her run well at all. Well, yeah, I, I don't like this one. Um, I agree with Nico that she looks like a little skipper. Uh, if Dylan Gibbons is riding this, he could touch the ground on both sides. So, <laughs> um, she's she's her first start in a race was the 15 horse two year old race. After that, she's never been in a field bigger than 11. Uh, from a 21 gate, I think they've done the right thing engaging Craig Williams, absolutely. But, uh, you know, if she cops a, a check at any stage, a little hip and shoulder from any of these horses, she may end up on the outside fence. I I, I just want to risk it just from a, a field size and the size of this mm, horse that's perspective. A good point. And then you add in, you know, I think she's a wet tracker as well. She will Could stay be. for sure. You want to watch a funny replay, watch that replay. They go outside fence, inside fence. Mm. I think I'd got lost trying to follow whether Where the race run. was being funny, abandoned or it was still going ahead while the <clears throat> while the race was running. Um, yeah, ratings wise, I, I had a good look at that too, and it, it, I don't. I think it has to come up a lot more than your absurds and Vorban as well. So yeah, it's one that I'll, I'll certainly be risking. Um, maybe again throw it in for the old fourth position just because you always want to cover yourself. Uh, but uh, yeah, if it wins, I'll be losing. Magical Lagoon is the next one. Mark DePlessis and uh, Chris Waller comes out of that bunch Geelong Cup finish. As DK said, I'm happy to give it a miss uh, with more felons, a horse I want to take out of that run. Yeah, okay. had the right run too. It was a good day to sit on pace and mm. lead, and that's where she was. Uh, good luck to Mark DePlessis. So mm. having the right, he crossover goes on, so maybe they <laughs> just plus, thought. That's one plus two, two plus two, two, two plus three. three. 
That's it, remember? Mark 2 plus 3. Yeah. <laughs> Their crossover goes on, so maybe they wanted to settle a little bit better. So uh, maybe won't be as ridden as aggressive here. I think you could maybe factor that into your match. Yeah, it should be part of the hot part of the hot tempo up the front, but uh, yeah, but you think the last furlong will find her in this class? Well, no. Uh, it wasn't a bad run in that Geelong Cup, to be honest. It was it was good. And if you the only way this horse can fin- to figure in the finish is if, if Nico's got the map completely wrong and they somehow let this horse go to control and do something crazy. But even that sort of depth of its old form, I think it won an Irish Oaks or mm. an Irish something, and uh, it was pretty weak. So, yeah, it's it, it would be a wallet miracle. Uh, and two plus three, I don't know where they've plucked him from. but Queensland. What's that? I understand where he came. Well, they got him from South Africa. If you mm. want to go further back, he's he's a bit of a yeah. He's their man up there. He's a he's a he's an out of left field job. But yeah, no, it's, it needs a miracle. Yeah, it does. Number seventeen is a military mission. Rachel King and Waterhouse Bot thirty four dollars. Sort of resurrected this horse, but yeah, Walt's already sort of half pe- put the pen through this camel form. Um, not for me. Yeah, our, uh, our sponsors, the, the Taz Racing, they'll be hoping he runs well. The Hobart Cup winner, so they'll be cheering him. But um. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was all right last start in the Herbert Power. It wouldn't shock me if he was top 10 um, and does have a good base underneath him, like a 24, 23, 24, and 2,400-meter 2, run this campaign. So he's rock-hard fit, um, but I'd rather back, you know, Kedis Sushi at 100s than him at 30s. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Walt there. I've already said what I said about the Herbert Power. I'm looking around it. Yeah, I, I love this horse. Uh, it ran really well at Randwick. It ran second. I unloaded on it $4 in the Tats Cup, didn't finish the course. And it came out pissed in the Newcastle Cup. Then I unloaded on it each way in the Metrop run fourth. And then it came out on the Herbert Park. If this horse wins, I'll eat it. Gay's come out and said top five uh, guarantee, which is uh, pure gay. But, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to run the trip. It's you know, well-drawn. Rachel King uh, you know, won the Coolmore yesterday. Good luck to him. But it's uh, yeah, not for me. 18 is Serpentine, Jai McNeil and Gay bought uh, $61 chance. Bart Cummings uh, was good. Pretty uh Interest quirky sort of character, sort of sits on speed. Uh, Nico? Well, I thought he probably should have beat Athabaskan in the Tats Cup. Athabaskan took off early and he was quite a bit napping there. And then Bart Cummings wasn't run to suit him. He needs a fast run race and it was slightly run. He wasn't up there. I think this is probably a leader of what we saw from him last campaign. Draws one. Tongue control bit comes off for the first time. They go with the tongue tie. So I think that will probably help him. He might race a bit more um, sort of fierce in the early stages given that. I thought his Bart Cummings run was actually all right, given the circumstances. I could see him sticking on for top 10, um, and I think he's he's probably not the worst of a few of those horses. I think he'll be one of the better on-speed horses. He'll stay all day. He did start $9 first without a fight in the Q22. I think that's it's got to mean something here. Oh, I can't add much more, Nico. Yeah, he's, I think he's odds reflect his chances. Uh, he lacks a, bit of, lacks a bit of class for mine to win a race like this, but uh, from gate one, he'll be up there, up there for a long way. He's, he looks a bit of a, a nonny, doesn't he? Like he, he's had uh, he's had the race won a couple of times since he's been here. They've tinkered, blinkers on, blinkers off. Yeah, he, he sticks on, but he's, he's a bit of a pack chaser. So yeah, I can see him running top ten definitely. Uh, perfect draw, fifty one. He's going to get his his chance to find the spot that he likes. But uh, yeah, he's a miracle to win. Mm, race manners, I don't like with uh, that horse trying to get thirty two hundred. Number nineteen is Virtual Circle. Craig Newitt, Liam Howley, one oh one. This is a horse that I thought uh, Liam Howley had done everything right and I can't work out why he didn't want to go in the Geelong Cup. I thought he'd uh, be in the finish there and really disappointing and not sure what's happened, whether the horse has lost interest, gone amiss, had a bleed, has an issue, uh, real mystery. But up until last start in the Geelong Cup, I thought he was going to be a genuine top three, top five chance. But um, now 
Uh, I'm all at sea with the horse. I used to love him. Don't know what's going on here. But, um, yeah, I've got early tickets, but they might be confetti. Yeah, he's, he's a hard horse to assess of his last run because he saved $5. Yeah, he the SP, really yeah. Too much. That race. So. He always looks sensational in the yard. Liam Howley knows how to train a Melbourne Cup winner out of Mount Macedon. He may have overachieved in the Sully Run races, which is kind of what I'm thinking. Like he was good in the naturalism without a whole lot of luck. That was Sully Run. The Bart Cummings was Sully Run. He was the unlucky runner. Then last start, it wasn't a brutal run Geelong Cup by any means, but it was at least it was faster than the Bart Cummings and he was left a bit wanting late. I, I just question how he's going. Like the first, the fast run race he saw this campaign, he nearly finished last. So I could see if you wanted to back him out hundreds off his three rod form, you could make a case, but he's, this last run is a big run. And I think if you're coming into this, you've got to be coming into this off something good, don't you? Yeah. So that's that's his issue. He's coming in off the plane. Even though he had the SP, he's, it was a very plain, plain effort. Well, yeah, Scoot was bullish about him last time, so I had a really good look at him, and I agreed that he was he was definitely the, the horse that I wanted to back in the Geelong Cup. And and then trying to explain that run, I, I've taken the same line as Nico, that he's he's just, um, you know, that, that ATC derby form is very sketchy. And any time that he's been in a sort of a test, he hasn't really shown up. So, yeah, to, to get to 3,200 metres and, and want to turn that around looks nigh impossible. Yeah, agree. More felons is number 20, Jay Carr and Chris Waller, $34. Uh, everyone's saying sort of similar things around the Geelong Cup. The form ties in around absurd. 50 and a half kilos. Just need Jamie to find a sort of some sort of back or position in run. And uh, I think it's a genuine knockout chance at $34. Yeah, I agree. Um, just that, that run in the Geelong Cup was probably the run of the day. Like he got back. It was a day where it was hard to do that. He flew home. Third fastest last 200 of the meeting. Uh, loved him out of the yard. Oh, I'd be de- I'd be there declaring it on a soft track. It just looks like he'd grow a leg on a soft, but the good track doesn't probably bring him into the favor that much. And the draw is a little bit sticky, but he's a back marker. thought it was really interesting. You go back through his form. He ran in that Vorban absurd race. He carried 62 kilos. They both had 61. Like somehow he got 62. The, and then sort of had, he had the worst run in the race. Last on the fence, didn't have a whole lot of luck. He should have finished a, much, a lot closer there. Then he went to the Silver Cup, ran second to Hamish. That horse has form around Kiprios. And then in the Ebor, I thought you could have made a real case. You should have finished a lot closer to observe. He went for that run right on the outside fence. He's building into the race. Then that horse cut him off and he had to go back inside and lost all his momentum. Equicast comes off. And I think just off off those runs against um, Absurd and then carrying the 62 against them when they all met at Ascot, now he has 50 and a half. I think he's a huge chance off the first up run and Equicast comes off, which is a big tick for mine. Yeah, another one that would be a, a huge result for me and I've got him got him second pick. Yeah, no, you told me you, when you mentioned Melbourne Cup a couple few weeks ago, you said this horse, uh, Nico, so um, I know you're you're all over him. But I would have, yeah, the, uh, 24, she's going to have to go back to last, I would think, but like <coughs> it is a back marker, but it's going to be a task for me. You would have much rather draw, draw, um, but it's going to be, was would have been the second half of the field anyway, but the draw, the draw saw me have to drop off. <laughs> yeah, uh, the scary thing for me is, I've never seen this before, Equicast on the 1st of November, so that was after the Geelong race, Equicast off the 4th of November. I've never seen that before in my life. So both front feet had Equicast put on its feet. Uh, for anyone watching, it's a pretty aggressive sort of uh, tool used by farriers to sort of hold feet together usually. So very strange for it to go on and come off within four days uh, just leading into a Melbourne Cup. That scares me. Uh, a horse that's come out here, if you just go off what we've seen in his replays in the UK, he's definitely the, the biggest 
priced, you know, a runner in the race, crazy at the weights. He's, he's very, very well positioned and his run in the e-ball was, was really good. The run before that was a complete forgive behind Vorban. So uh, for me, I'm treating him as I'll probably chop out of him just because he's that price uh, that I don't want him to beat me and I don't want Waller to beat me off what was a, a good run. If you watch that Geelong Cup really closely, I know he was a great run from back in the field, but he was definitely gone on the line. That scares me a little bit uh, with the foot problem as well. So I'll probably just chop out on him in the race and forget that he exists. Future history is 21, Holly Doyle at Ma Eustace, uh, 50 kilos. Interesting jockey booking there, $21. Um, got a really big platform here, 2,000, 2,500, 2,500. All the uh, traditional lead-ups, no weight. Nico? Well, they didn't want to win the Mooney Valley Cup. He's uh, in his three runs prior, either led or sat second in the run, and then they decide they'll go right back from 13. And he still nearly won it. He did the most work to get into the race, and he probably just peaked on his run late um, sectionally. Like he's eighth fastest last tournament of the race, and he's right there in the finish. Um, drops big in the weight. He gets 50 kilos. I think he's one of the best of the on speed brigade. He's probably a slight question mark leader on a strong 32. Um, but geez, absolutely flying. He's in the right stable, and he's uh, he's beat the handicapper for sure. So he'll pro- I think he'll run well. Future history. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I said thirty two, but he's got a beautiful platform for it. Now the two runs at the twenty five. He had the the runs at two thousand prior. Like he's been in work since June. Yeah, he's been racing since June. Yeah. <laughs> like, and she's a gun, isn't she? She's a jet Holly Doyle. So um, fifty kilos, no weight. Like you said, dropping six kilos. Got a map behind the fast, just off the fast fast tempo. Um, I can see him definitely, definitely top, top, top six, top ten chance for mine. Yeah, I could slot him in there. It's just a worry when you sort of go back. He's got beat in benchmark seventy eight, and he's beaten interpretation, who's certainly not the form for me in this race. Uh, he got beat by Young Werther, who's won one in its last seven hundred and twelve. Um, come out and controlled beat first immortal. Then it was uh, a good run, certainly in that Mooney Valley Cup where the jury's out just on the strength of the form. It's hard to knock a horse at 16 starts, six wins, four seconds and a third, drops to 50 kilos. Uh, Holly Doyle, don't know much about her, but she's obviously a, a quality rider who comes over here to ride it heads forward. Yeah, there's a lot to like about it. I just worry about the depth. And I, I think, yeah, the top 10 chance, top, top 10 to six is probably realistic. Number 22 is Interpretation, Theo Nugent and Ma Eustace, $81. Bendigo Cup winner, it's a no for me. Yeah, he won his race last start. He he was r- running really well. He probably should have finished a lot closer in the Bart Cummings. It's a better horse this campaign than what we saw last year going to the Cup. But um, yeah, he probably just had the right run last start to win in a probably a weak Bendigo Cup. But he wouldn't shock if he's top ten. I think he'll stay. Yeah, well, high emotion came through the Bendigo Cup last year, didn't it? Ran second, and, but uh, look, yeah, I've been following him closely. This horse, as you, you probably have too, Nico. I, I think they just go back and do what they did. Just go back, revert back to the what they did in the Bart Cummings. Might be his go. Just turn him off out the back, you know, show him some daylight late and let him rip out because he, with the run of the race at Bendigo, he gets there and he thinks about it and whatever he's doing. So, so the blinkers are on, the blinkers are off. Now, what are they back on? Are they back off here or something? Off. Off again. So um, I, I just, yeah, too, I just ride him quiet, um, let the fast pace go, sneak, sneak him away like MD did in the Bart Cummings and produce him down, produce him late. He might, that might be his go. But, yeah, no, Bendigo Cup form. I don't know, he, was, geez, he nearly turned it up there. I was like, bloody hell. Anyway. <laughs> Time was okay at Bendigo, but if you watched it live, it looked like they took four and a half minutes to get up Mess. straight. Um, yeah. Stop starting. Yeah. I, I, yeah. He's, he's, he's a slug. He'll probably slug into some sort of slug position, but you know, it's it's interesting what we've talked about. It looks like there's going to be four or five horses out the front and then about 27 of them across the track fighting out for six to tenth, about six lengths behind them. So 100%. it's that sort of race, and, and I think he fits into that, that position. Number 23 is Donnie's horse, uh, Calipore. He's got a share in that one. 
uh, will replay his Archer win. Uh, Zach Lloyd, Chris Lees, and uh, they didn't uh, set the track a light in terms of times. You got Ladies Man sort of whacking away with fifty nine. Uh, Donny's horse Galapagos goes from fifty six down to uh, fifty kilos. Um, cheering with everything in my might uh, that he goes good. He's got the land legend form. Hopefully they run it, it runs a big race, but uh, I can't see him winning the race. But uh, hopefully he does a good job for uh, Donnie and the connections. Nico, I think this isn't a bad sort of platform. Like a slowly run twenty five, quick back up. Wasn't like he did much there. All he had gave him a great ride. Drops in the weight. Has has the right form around land legend and just fine. He's he's got to be some chance. I would have thought just whether he runs thirty two hundred. Yeah, I think he's his top ten chance. I uh, he, he, again, land legend form. I went looking for that. Um, the lightweight, and he's I mean he's led there, but he's not really a leader. So he'll sit midfield behind this fast tempo and come with a better timed run. And um, yeah, I thought he was a top ten chance. Well, I think the highlight of this horse's career was when he catabolted Tim um, nearly into the gardens at uh, Wyon Cut when he shot him off into the grandstand <laughs> and crushed his ribs. He's uh, he's done a lot this prep, hasn't he? And I, I'm with you. I just cheering hard for Donny. Um, yeah, that, the ride won that race yesterday. I don't mind the platform. You know, he's super fit and coming to this race 50 kilos. I think Zach Lloyd's a good option for him to put on the horse. Yeah, cheering hard, but if it's in that same gap back in the, the pack a little bit. 24 is True Marvel, Ben Thompson and Matt Smith, uh, 151 into 101 at Top Sport. Uh, Mooney Valley got cut form, got beaten 15 lengths in the uh, St. Ledger around Land Legend. Fast run race would scare me off this horse. It's no. Sydney Cup, he did run second, and then two starts later, he won a maiden hurdle at Hamilton. That's it. DK, he beat so. Dashing Willoughby or something, wasn't it? Another Melbourne Cup horse. And South Pacific, he was a Melbourne <laughs> Cup horse at one time as well. So oh, it'd be a good story, but um, yeah, he's hard, a sneaky. He's the old, I mean, that's. Uh, so he's the one of the ones I was talking about. He's coming out of the Land Legend race, got beaten 100 yards or 15 links or something, comes out and elevates off that. He was, a, he, was a, I mean, he was savaging the line in the Mooney Valley Cup. I mean, he's not. If you take that on face value, he's not hopeless. I mean, not really a winning chance, but you could see him running top 10, you know. Well, he's he, he, savaged the line at his previous run. He's the one that sort of baffles that form, doesn't it, whether it's any good or not, yeah. that, that Moody Valley Cup race. I think, you know, from, from Scoot's perspective, Heffel off, Thompson on is probably a big negative, is it? Is it a big negative? <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, it's another one that fits into that gap. I wouldn't be surprised to see him whack into somewhere, but not, 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 not uh, testing the scorers up front. All right, that's the uh, the runner-by-runner runner, uh, preview from the boys. A couple of big bets from Top Sport. Vorban, 10000 at $3.30 oh, is the first one. Uh, so uh, well caught there, Tristan. Uh, Solcom, 500 at $11 is the next one. So that's a, uh, a yes from DK especially. Gold Trip, 1000 at $5. Uh, we suspect the horse will drift, but it sets up perfectly. Right you are. This could be my bet. Uh, 250 at $91. As we said, sneaky chance there and future history, 500 at $26. All right, there, the uh, the top sort steamers. We need to sort of wrap up the show. I'll do my top pick first. Uh, I think it's uh, without a fight is the horse to beat. I think uh, the best weighted horse is more felons. And uh, I think, yeah, I think without a fight will definitely be uh, my best way. But uh, respecting the rough is that you boys have uh, put forward. Nico? Yeah, I'm playing wide. Obviously, the, the horses inside the market got a key chance, but I just saw no value in any of their prices. So my top four sort of represents how I'm going to bet into the race um, in terms of my best winning results. I've got Absurd on top. He'll be my best result. He's a stupid price at $21. 
more Fallon's second pick. I think he'll run a huge race. Uh, it's just the barrier's a little bit sticky there, but I think a fast run race would really suit him. Solcum, I would mark a lot shorter than $10. He's very well set up. And then Breakup, I think, is going to run a huge race as well, getting up to 3200 for Ben. Probably the best of the uh, horses inside the market and gold trip right there. And I think I'm going to have a trifecta. One, four, five, six, seven, and 20. Trying to uh, trying to jag it there. And I will be back in Akita Sushi pretty heavily top 10. I reckon he's, I reckon he's a great chance for top 10. DK? I'm playing pretty straight. Scooty, I, I said I, this is one, uh, one, one favorite. I think, uh, I mean, well, I think it'll get out a bit. It'll be interesting to see what the call of the card do tomorrow. We'll get a better guide on that. But... Um, this, the Willie Mullins factor. I mean, I remember Mike Simons telling me about him years ago mm. about Willie Mullins and you know what a what a what a what a master, one of the big, you know, one of the world's great trainers, you know. And he's in love with this race, and um, he's got the right horse and he's drawn the right, you know, drawn the right barrier. He's got the world class rider. Um, so I'm going to play pretty straight there. I think he 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 looks the most likely winner to me. Um, Sulkin was the one at double, you know, he, Willie will jump, Willie won't. Well, he's double figures. Um, he's the one. He's sort of mopped, uh, uh, I'll be having something on him, and then it's hard. I mean, the, the traditional lead up to the Caulfield Cup and the Cox Plate, they're hard to see past him. You can try and punch holes in them, but I mean, both horses are just going super. I mean, gold tripping without a fight. So um, I played pretty straight there. So Sulkin was my bit of value, and for the uh, for the for the fairy tale would be Bound Declare, Bound Declare to as an eight year old to come back and win it, arguably in career best form. Um, love to see him win it, Bound Declare. So he he was my fit number. He was in for fifth. Well, yeah, without a fight and absurd, we my two clear best results, uh, probably absurd, same as Nico, just it seems the clear horse that has to firm and is the value of the race at the moment. I'll break up, will be going around a winner. I'll chop out a more felons for sanity reasons. And then, you know, when you're playing exotics, I'll definitely be playing exotics with Borban stood out uh, from, you know, all the horses we've talked about. I agree, throwing in horses like Akita Sushai and is, is very important to sort of try and find a bit of value. But, um, yeah, and, and even Gold Trippies have said, like, yeah, there's no knock on the horse. It's just from a price perspective. He, he can't go around a winner, same as the favourite. But, yeah, without a fight and absurd, we my two best results, clearly. Outstanding. There's a uh, full comprehensive Melbourne Cup preview, and uh, make sure you head to at Little Birdie TV if you want to follow more of our action racing. Watch for uh, Johnny's stuff and uh, Nico's Mounting Yard Mail for the next couple of days. We'll be back on uh, Thursday for the Stakes Day show. But uh, we'll be all over our uh, Twitter handles and uh, social pages and Discord chats if you want to ask us about any horses or uh, any sort of betting questions. So uh, good luck over the uh, Cup Carnival and especially Cup Day, and hopefully we've found you a winner amongst it. See you guys.